0: Welcome to our, uh, our first uh, recorded episode of this new thing yeah. that we're doing. Our new, new podcast, discussion. Uh. Uh, yeah, it's um, something that I think has been a long time coming. That uh, my friend Jenna yeah. and uh, myself, I'm, you may know me as Bria from Life of Bria Comics. Chances are you're coming here from there if you're listening to this first episode of this unknown thing uh you know we we always have great conversations,
1: yeah, I mean like we we tend to riff off each other fairly well, I think, and like really just sort of tend to share our interests and and like to talk about the things that have caught our attention and what have you, and kind of how they all link together and fit together in our heads i think it's
0: it's always something different, yeah. yes, we always have new things that are catching our attention.
1: And it's always interesting to see how they fit into the the pictures that we have of the, the world and, and our own, like, interactions with it and what we're doing with our, you know, art and lives.
0: And it always, like, crosses so many different boundaries. It'll go from, like, our shared interest in making things with our hands and creating little models and, and props and, and, and machinery to, like, dissecting machinery in a historical sense to, like, looking at wide-ranging political uh, consequences of, of, you know, historical events and systems.
1: Yeah, everything from,
0: like, yeah, I made a nice painting to,
1: well, what does art mean? And how how does AI fit into that big-button topic at the moment that we've been talking a lot about? Like, yeah, you know, what are the consequences of, like... The art that we make, what are the
0: consequences of art that is created into this soulless capitalist system? <laughs> like, yeah, there's something that's completely just sold and the person who makes it doesn't care about it, or something that was made with real care and love uh, regurgitated into it from mother to weird little offspring that
1: yeah, little art babies uh... that doesn't come
0: quite how you want it to be. It's a little. Different than how you imagine, but it is what it is, and it's beautiful because of it.
1: Yeah, I think it's worth the, I think it's always worth the effort, and the, the, the effect of, of putting your love and time and effort into something, I think, always brings way more value than something created for the sake
0: of ticking a box. And that's not what this is. This no. here is this, is this is a labor of love, baby. This is us talking about the stuff that we like. Yeah, what matters? What C- matters to us? Because, like, you know, I've done a lot of different stuff. I've been an artist forever, but I've been, like, working at the old comics game for, like, it's going to be eight years this year. And in that time, I've done all kinds of podcasts. I've done all kinds of videos. I've had many a venture. And what I learned in all this time is that no one thing is ever going to really do it. I could have something that's a very like specific thing and it could get very successful and I'm going to get bored of it. I'm going to resent the fact that I got to do the same thing every single day in order to keep on feeding the machine. I want to be free. I want to do me. I want to do my own thing and fly by my own wing. You know? I don't I don't want to keep having to do the same old thing. So when we're getting together, we get to have these conversations about whatever we want, we could just like put those conversations into a podcast where we get to talk about whatever we want, whatever yeah. we're doing.
1: I am from my side, I came from a background of, like, working in tech. I was a developer, worked for a whole bunch of places. I played the rat race. I did all the things. And you know what? It gave me not a fucking lick of happiness. So this is me figuring out, like, this is also part of my journey to, to figuring out myself and what I want to be doing with my life. And you know what? Art has a lot more meaning than corporate fucking nonsense just to move some numbers around in imaginary bank accounts so yeah
0: so in summary dear listener welcome to whatever we call this damn thing Well, our first episode uh, you suggested the topic
1: yeah, so um, Brian mentioned this concept of horse time and and like it was something that brought up uh, it, it, she had a comic that she made a while back about it that I think really like speaks to the idea of what a lot of neurodivergent people feel when we get like caught off track where we want to be doing things but we get stuck in other stuff just kind of sometimes even our own brains busy work and i wanted to like delve into that topic and like get to understand it more from you ah, created it yeah, yeah, well, so yeah. horse time
0: horse time well dear listener if you're uh somehow not familiar with my comics despite listening to this first episode here uh you should go read my comics at lifeofbria.com they're very good
1: they are very good
0: Uh, I did a comic one time, not too long ago, where it was me, cartoon me, and I'm like, I'm gonna be good and responsible. And I'm paraphrasing. I don't. I I could have pulled up the comic, but I didn't. It's it's better this way. I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna do have have a schedule, and I'm gonna follow tasks in a specific way, and I'm gonna get everything I need to get done in a timely manner, right? (laughs) And then the reality next, the real next panel is cartoon me, and I'm holding a toy horse. And my little schedule that I had behind me written out is all crossed out, and it says the it, f it, horse time." And I'm, I'm like, you know, going off like I'm gonna hyper focus on something nobody asked me to do for days and days and days, because that's what it how it be. Yeah. That's uh, how I am. I'm, I'm, I just go down a rabbit hole, like so that that uh, the horse in mm-hmm. horse time. That was uh, the summer. I was getting into model building. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, I love my models. Yeah, I'm be trying to. I get like these hyper realistic art models. They're honestly pretty impressive. They're beautiful, posable toys, and I get into like posing them and using them in, like, photographs to set up illustrations. And then I get, like, little, little like, weapons for them and, like, mm-hmm. accessories for them. And I get more and more. But then, like, the toys I have, some of them, it's like, ah, it's not quite working for me. So what if I, like, modified it? Or what if I, like, made a new custom toy? And to, like, keep, like, coming up with new ways and joints and little things and putting them together and getting glue on my hands and spending hours and hours just building little things to make drawings and nobody asked me to do
1: no but you know what i think like even just seeing the joy you have explaining it is worthwhile in and of itself like just the pure pleasure you have in diving into these things is i think far more worthwhile than ticking off some boxes on a list like sometimes you need to get some stuff done sure and you know executive dysfunction can be really difficult to to weigh with but like I don't know. I think that value that you have in just getting your hands dirty and getting stuck into something that brings passion, brings joy to you, even if nobody asked you to do it. I mean, it seems like that's where some of your best art comes from, at least from what I've seen so far.
0: Also, by the way, the horse. I had a horse. I have a very nice, accurate, posable horse. It's beautiful. I love my horse. It is quite Uh, stunning from what I've seen. Uh, yeah, thank you. I, I think I, it's it's been great for my art to get involved in that little stuff, and that's the thing. When you're an artist, you've got to like trust yourself to kind of go down those rabbit holes because that's what your passion is. That's what like that's what you really want to do. Yeah. If you're doing something you don't really want to do, you're probably not going to enjoy doing it. Which means there's a very good chance that whoever's looking at it's probably not going to enjoy looking at it. It's going to come through. If you're just ticking the boxes and doing what needs to be done, your heart's not in it. It's not going to be great. And you're going to have a crappy time doing it. And at the at the end of the day, it's like, okay, why are you doing this?
1: Yeah. I mean, like, as a weird sort of tangent to pull off that, like, I look at the, the current crop of <clears throat> Marvel movies and, and the like, where they start to feel oh. less and less like they have a soul and less and less like a passion of love and more and more like a checklist that's being ticked off. Like oh yeah we've got the hero's tragic backstory we've done some back like back scenes to just go back into the past and show you some of the bad stuff that happened to them and then now they're going to have a little bit of a trial and we're going to take that off and then action sequences we're going to have at least 20 of those
0: oh you know it's a hero's journey <coughs> the yeah a thousand faces <clears throat> it's archetypes it's modern mythology jenna don't you know it's brilliant <laughs> that's the
1: trouble is like some of the ones that are really interesting you can see the passion and love in them i love like, some of them i think the the thor ragnarok is probably oh, one of my yeah. favorites because it's just silly it's off the wall it's you could see the delight that they have in creating this and i
0: don't that's a case of i don't know if they really cared yeah. that much cuz thor 2 is such a bomb thor 1 was not even that great thor yeah. 2 sucked and then they're like, oh man, no one really cares about Thor, whatever. Let's just give it to that weird guy. Yeah. Let's do something weird with it. now that will be, whatever, who cares, right? Like, I don't think they micromanage it as much. I think they let Taika Waititi do his thing and it made something fun.
1: it was, from everything I know, a pretty huge success. It really took off, which is why he got given the reins to the next movie. Because it was a passion for him in many ways. He got to... To play with a huge budget,
0: and and you see that and other things like you, you're telling me about that that Star Wars you like.
1: Yeah, so I I got hooked recently on on the series Andor just because it's it takes all the things I love. And or what? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Andor that's it. Or Cassian Andor, I guess, is the main character, which is what it's named after, but. Yeah, just, like, it really takes the things I love about the Star Wars universe, this kind of complex galactic-scale warfare, and sets a story within that that is interesting and new and shows all the things that are really interesting and cool about that universe. Like, how you living under, like, this fascist dictatorship that spans a galaxy and the fact that they just sort of don't notice a lot of the times? And, like, you can get away with all kinds of things by just realizing that they don't see you as a person they just see you as a machine in the co- like a cog in the machine this grand thing that they've built disney uh, made a show about people being cogs in a machine i mean kind of and how the how like just a few people actively making any efforts to resist can tear that machine apart a little
0: mm-hmm. i mean there's value in in just Resisting in any small way you can, just even for your own sake. Yeah. Like, so, like, I want to bring this back in a bit. Like, I'm really lucky I get to have horse time. I, like, I get to have time to do my own thing because I would freaking hate it if I couldn't. Like, I've worked other jobs, I've had to do a lot of different jobs in my life. I have spent many a terrible, miserable shift at some service industry job, candy store. Coffee shop, uh, as a karate teacher, which but does that sounds cool? It's not a cool job for most of the time. Um, you know, I've had to work in uh, resource extraction and like in all those things. I'm like trying to make art happen. I'm trying to like sco- I, if I have the energy, which like you know you're doing like tree planning or something. You're not gonna. Although I did kind of try doing like yeah. working at the coffee shop, working at the candy store, even working at the martial arts dojo. I, in the back room, I'm drawing those comics. I'm, I'm trying to make art happen. And, you know, some customer comes up and I'm like, oh, God, you freaking, you know, come, <laughs> coming in here, interrupting my my work that I'm doing right now. Yeah. You know, like, I, it's hard. Not everybody can, like, work at what they want to do. And I've experienced not getting to really work at what I want to do. And the moment I had the opportunity to only work at what I want to do, I took it and I jumped on it. Yeah. Because every single moment I was not doing it felt like just agony. I hated being at my other job. And the time I spent working on the stuff I wanted to do not at work was like, I was nervous. I was anxious. I was like, oh, I got to get to go work in like a, a couple hours. Uh, I don't have much time to do this. And like, it sucked. Yeah. No, I, I, oh God, I feel
1: that. I feel that on so many levels. Like I got into the the IT industry on the premise that like I would automate people's jobs to make their lives better, to make their lives easier. And then I discovered that it's just a different form of drudgery that finds extra loopholes to, that people have to jump through in order to do anything. Like... You know why does it take so long for money to get from one place to another? Well, because they like to hold on to it, and they've put so many arbitrary barriers in the way that create jobs that nobody needs to be doing. It's all just a waste of
0: your life when well, you can't you're stopped from doing what you want to be doing. Yeah, like, I mean that's the other side of it. Is like I don't know about you, but like I'm not capable of doing a job that I don't think like matters. Oh, I, I I did it for
1: a few years, and it. Tore a hole in my soul. Which and is, yeah. I gotta
0: clarify, I'm not talking about like, ooh, you little people, you below me, like you don't matter. No, like I, I mean, like service industry, it's a noble profession to serve others. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to yeah. make and serve food for the people. I love cooking and serving. Uh, you know, okay, I'm gonna reframe that. I don't like cooking and serving my friends. <laughs> I like cooking for. My friends, it's serving food to them. (laughs) I feel the same. Cooking is a huge passion of mine. And like being hospitable is nice. It's nice to, you know, welcome people and be kind and help people rest and have a nice atmosphere to rest. That's beautiful. But like an exploitative job where you're like... Yelled at and demeaned and pushed around and you're understaffed and it's a like go 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 regimented. We gotta shuffle people in and out of here as fast as possible. It's ugly, also by the way. Coffee shops are ugly now. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, I and feel that. and you don't get paid very much and it kind of sucks and you don't actually get to be hospitable you're being kind of used as a puppet to act in a very particular way that i don't know if anybody really enjoys acting like or really being treated that way i don't i don't like going to a coffee shop like the way they treat cool. you at starbucks this regimented I mean, chill, man. There's
1: these. uh, I I was reading an article the other day about how they're um, trying to push people to not sit in coffee shops. And this was before the pandemic. I say reading the other day, I came across it again the other day. But like before the pandemic, like they were already trying to push people out of sitting in coffee shops. Yeah. So it was like if you're working in the service industry not only are you ostensibly being uh, hospitable to people but being forced to be the opposite you have to kick people out because they're staying too long in a coffee shop like, what is this? Out.
0: Like, I mean, you know who benefits from that? It's bosses, right? It's convenience yeah. now, right? People are paying for the convenience of a coffee so they can go work more, yep. get to work faster.
1: They want you in and out as fast as possible so they can serve more people. They want as many feet through that door as possible.
0: So that's a job. Like not to mention that, like these coffee shops, there, there's a million of them. They exist in competition with one another. Yeah. Like it's there's like like one every other block, and I just I, I can't help but imagine like. Why do people need so much coffee? Why do people need to go to so many coffee shops? Why do you need to get a coffee on your way to work so you can go work more? Why do people need to be taken advantage of in a crappy, low-paying job where they're not treated with respect so people can just constantly be drinking coffee all the time? Why can't people make their own cup of coffee at home and enjoy it? That would be a nice thing. Why is our whole world based around people getting coffee as fast as possible?
1: Yeah. I mean, because it's the accepted stimulant, I think. It's the thing that keeps people at their desk. It keeps them working. And the less time that they're spending making it, the more time they're ostensibly spending at their desk working or at whatever their job is. So getting more foot traffic through the door means more money for Starbucks, but it also means more people back in their desks as fast as possible.
0: So yeah, those kind of jobs... I don't know about you, but I don't think those jobs are real jobs. But that's not even the real kind of job I'm talking about or the unreal kind of job I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, what you're talking about. White-collar jobs. Yeah. Management jobs. So many office jobs. I'm sorry. That job doesn't need to exist.
1: Bullshit jobs is a huge problem. And in, in, especially in the tech industry, you'll find, like, people who just keep under the radar who don't even have any employees under them but they used to and their employees got fired and they're just all sort of like treading water in this company or you'll find middle managers that were hired to help smooth things over three or four layers deep even when they weren't really necessary in the first place and like these people feel just as aware in most cases that their job is a complete load of crap as You know, everybody else thinks of their jobs. But if they lose that job, they're out of a house, they're out of a home, they have no food, they have nothing, and they're tied to that. It's it's such a toxic system.
0: Yeah, but, but even beyond that, the job itself was probably just not real. Like, it's just, you don't... Well, it, oh, is it insurance? Insurance is a fake industry that doesn't need to exist. That oh, entire yeah. industry, just cut it away, doesn't need to exist. Sorry. It, and in a real functioning society, you don't need insurance, and insurance is a parasite. You don't yeah. need it.
1: In a real functioning society, you're, you have insurance... So to speak, provided by like the government or by collective groups, not these companies that profit off your like you losing stuff. You know, their their biggest uh, their biggest thing is to try and rake you in for money every month only to deny your claim when it comes time, because that makes them more money. They're like
0: even worse than a casino.
1: Yeah, they'll take any excuse to break your fingers and take your
0: money so that's gone but like other office jobs where it's just like oh you're this evil like pillaging the earth company yeah we really need those jobs we really need the people working there that's an important job like look I don't mean to be too demeaning here except for the fact that like artists we get crapped on all the time people act like we don't matter no man you don't matter your evil job sucks and it's destroying the world and you don't even like doing it and it doesn't need to be done and it makes the world a worse place because you're doing it me I'm having a fun time making fun stuff that other people think is fun. What's wrong with that? We need a little bit of fun. That's what you enjoy. It's what makes life fun, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you know, I the, the worst part is I can't blame anybody that's stuck in in jobs they hate. That's stuck in jobs they they can't even stand. Oh, yeah, because like I've been there, you know. <laughs> that's what you need to do to cover your bills, but like,
0: and we all have ugh. to do that. Like, if you're an artist, you're gonna have a day job. There's gonna be the work that you make that is for you and you love it and it's from your perfect artistic vision and then there's the work that you make to pay the bills that's always the case very few people get to have where their thing they love is the thing that makes the money and you gotta be careful with that because it'll change it or it's gonna it's gonna change the art you're not making your art you're making the money's art now because the money you know I really oh dare I well, I mean, the, the police are coming for me because I was thinking of <laughs> quoting Kanye West here. <laughs> this is like 20 years ago, Kanye West, or however freaking long. Would he yeah. actually still seem to say something that made sense once in a while? Yeah. I, I do think about it. <laughs> here, here, here. here. It's just, this is benign. It's benign. It's money isn't everything, but not having money kind of is. He's Something like that. I don't know. I'm probably paraphrasing. It might not even be him. Pretty sure, though. Anyways, I mean,
1: there's an absolute, um, you know, there is absolute truth in that. Like, you know, um, I think there's been some studies that have shown, like, you know, most people to be happiness, to to achieve peak happiness, you need at least about 80,000 or I think it's now with inflation, it would be close to 100,000 US dollars a year. After that, the benefits that you start getting from having more money kind of evaporate you stop getting as much happiness because most of your basic needs and basic desires are covered you have enough money to travel you have enough money to do things that you are passionate about you don't have to worry if like you lose your job you're covered for a few months like there are things that you just that i think people who have more money than that take for granted it's just that security And people that have less money than that are constantly aware of how much they're missing out on, how much they're away from any form of security.
0: Well, that's like just it, because all of society is kind of being created by these people who have power and influence, right? The movers and shakers of the world, the big business magnets and the the politicians and them. And like they're living in another world, the world that... Uh, that we have to live in is fundamentally different from theirs. They don't see the repercussions of most of the things they do. They don't have to deal with them. They get a cushion from all that. They can pay for whatever they need. They'll just ride a hover taxi or whatever over the smoldering ruins after it's there and won't even notice it. They won't even think the ruins are really there or by, you know, they'll have been told by someone who's paid to tell them things they want to hear that actually the people in the ruins deserve it. And it's not their fault. And yeah. they just make policies and change society like this AI art thing and stuff like that. You just roll out a major development. You're just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just see how this messes up things. I I'm not going to be hurt by it. Or like Uber, you know, yeah. Uber just comes in and like, yeah, who cares about the taxi industry, you know, unions or whatever, labor stuff. Now let's just gamify everything. Let's just uh, uh, gigify everything and just gut labor protections and screw the people that you should just you know work harder, man, or whatever. Right? I'm not going to be affected by it. The yeah. owner class isn't affected by it. I mean, like, every time you have
1: one of these gig economy things, it's, a, it's just another way for companies to avoid taking responsibility for the actions of their employees, avoid taking responsibility for caring for their employees. Like, it just becomes this thing where they're, they're avoiding taking on anything, as much as possible so that they can rake in as much profit as possible pay people as little as possible and have to give as little as possible in the whole exchange and it's like always this thing to like push people to do more and more for less and less it's like that's why i I really like this idea of host time because it's like it's in its own way it's a, a small form of rebellion it's a little kernel of like do something that doesn't matter to your corporate overlords do something that that keeps you happy makes you happy to just do spend some time getting sucked into making models playing with horses I don't know braiding your hair like do whatever
0: whatever you're into it's what you like and like I do think like so I don't want to like take down anybody's hobbies or interests or whatever right everybody likes their own things I know I like a lot of stuff that most other people don't like that much but I do think it really matters to have hobbies that like like, it's, it's something you do. You're doing something. You're really exercising some kind of creativity there. I know not everyone's, like, a completely creative in-touch person, but I think everybody's capable of that and everybody benefits from it. And it's, like, I don't think just watching TV and movies because it gives you a temporary dopamine hit. Yeah. Like, I, if that's what you feel you got to do, okay, man. Okay, all right. But, like, maybe long-term, maybe think about you could try something else. You could you could try making something, drawing something, some kind of art. Some kind of music. I don't know. Move your body. Do mm-hmm. something that you that feels good. That you, know, you like. And if, okay. I don't know if you don't like anything that. Well, I don't know. Maybe you need to go to therapy. But I I think
1: like you know art and expression are are things that we are drawn as humans to engage with. We want to we want to make things. We want to show our understanding of the world show our perspectives through unique and interesting ways and i think that's really powerful i think like you know if you can engage with that that's great but also don't you know don't beat yourself up for not being productive or useful if you end up just vegging out on the couch you know especially if you have a job that saps a lot out of you yeah
0: i mean i've been there sometimes you can't you don't feel like you can do anything and it doesn't really help to beat yourself up about it that's for sure uh, yeah. But the most important thing, I think, uh, to take it back a little bit, is to not internalize these systems, because these systems aren't made for you. If yeah. you're not fitting into it, well, I mean, yeah, no surprise. It's not, they don't care about you.
1: Yeah, I think there's there's that great quote from, from Einstein about, like, measuring a fish's capability to to climb a tree. And, like, you know, fish aren't typically pretty good at climbing trees, oddly enough. And honestly... Even as a species, we're not designed for this kind of pressure, this kind of capital's urge to produce and make more things. And, you know, the, the, we've seen inflation rise. We've seen, like, wages just stagnate. We're seeing more and more pressure. Food gets costs more. Everything costs more. There's more pressure to do more, to make more out of your time. But we're not meant to be like that. Like, you know, and I want to hammer home that, you know, we we want to, like, encourage you to to work on things that bring you happiness, bring you joy. And it's still work, but it's work that you can be happy with, work you can enjoy, work you can celebrate, as opposed to just keeping the monster of homelessness and, uh, you know, poverty at bay.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a catch-22 with it, because you can get caught in a trap of, like, you need to keep working to survive, right, the paycheck to paycheck. And it's really hard to break out of that cycle until, like, get a place where you even have time to yourself to do what you want to do. Yeah, But the trick is to find that thing that you like doing, because it's kind of like a trusting yourself. It's like, okay, I'm going to trust that this time I'm spending to do what I want to do is worth it. It will pay off somehow because yeah. it's what I want to do. And it's going to give me some real tangible benefit at some point yeah. down the line in my life. Even if what I'm doing right now is not meant to be specifically productive in any one way. Just by virtue of it being the thing you most want and care about and are interested in exploring in depth, it's valuable to you to do that. Yeah. Every
1: every experience you have, every moment you have, you will probably find has use in your life later. But also, you can't underestimate the value of just that kind of positive hit in your brain of like hey i'm doing something i want because i want to do it
0: everything you do makes you better at everything you do yeah
1: and like if all you're doing is spending your time just
0: working for other people then
1: you're gonna get better at working for other people so take a little time for yourself take a little time to just remember what it's like to be happy just play around with toys just do something with yourself Yeah. yeah
0: Now, I do think there can be a bit of a dark side to horse time.
1: Yep. I mean, I think we've touched on it a little earlier with the the fact that like, you know, sometimes you've got stuff that you really need to be doing and it can be hard to disengage from oh, something.
0: Yeah. So I don't I don't know if you how you feel about talking about it, but I know I'm a, my my brain is different. I got a bit of a different brain, I think, yeah. from most people. I got what they call the, the ADHD. Well, I technically actually have ADD, but they didn't. They didn't give me an H because they don't apparently give adults the H. But nobody, like, if you say ADD, people like they kind of look at you like, oh, "Okay, you're making this up." Because I know good progressive person that I am, that it's now called ADHD. You liar! But it's not true. No, they only gave me ADD. It doesn't add up. But. I've that's what I got, and it makes me makes my life sure make a whole lot more sense. That's for sure. um You know, yeah, I'm done managing. I think I'm doing okay, but the, the, this worst yeah. time. That's that's part of it. That's where it's coming from.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I have uh, I was diagnosed with ADD when I was a teenager, and these days it's the ADHD inattentive subtype is I think what they call it oh, yeah. in, okay. the, mm, in they, medical they terminology. No but like, yeah, you know it. <laughs> I, I think the the vibe that we get is that we're the ty- type to just sort of like zone out into our own little sort of space Oh yeah. rather than bouncing off the walls, which is, I think, the thing that some people yeah. get confused about. Like, uh,
0: did you get... I didn't get diagnosed till I was in my 30s. I was luckily diagnosed when I was a teenager because
1: I, I was having some difficulty at school and I had a helicopter mom. Um, so she took me for a battery of tests, but... Uh, and they finally after several figured out that oh yeah the reason i was struggling at that point was that i was just spacing out in the middle of class i looked very attentive like i was paying very close attention because i was staring at the board and the teacher talking i wasn't there yeah. I was in my
0: own little world <laughs> and like you know there's a lot of reasons why we end up going there sometimes it's like It's boring, and I want to go somewhere more interesting. Sometimes it's dissociating from something unpleasant that you're avoiding. You know, you carry baggage. Hey, humans be having baggage. Nobody makes it through this life without a little bit of trauma. Anybody who says otherwise is lying. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, (laughs) honey, but no, you you probably should go to therapy, whoever you are. Um, But, like, sometimes you're vibing out in not a cool way. Sometimes you're avoiding life yeah um that's a thing that's totally a thing and and it has its benefits like I had all kinds of weird little stories and, and worlds and stuff I created as a little kid and like I don't Absolutely. remember any of them but like that was like my jam vibing yeah. out
1: in another universe I used to design all sorts of spaceships and um like catapults and medieval weapons and whole like stories and I, I remember I I had the vague idea of what D&D was, but I used my ability to just sort of disappear into my own little worlds to create like worlds that my friends and I used to play in when we were on the on the bus. And we didn't even have dice. We just kind of like used coins and whatever the hell we had. I thought you are going to just... like, gonna, like roll the dice in your brain.
0: <laughs> yeah, we just worked out like a dice simulator in our brains. I mean,
1: sometimes that's exactly what I did. I was just like, well, this seems improbable. So, uh, you know, let's flick a coin, but I'm <clears throat> erring on the side of this or what have you. It
0: was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. Augmented uh, odds.
1: Yeah. Huh. You know, I, I think, honestly, D&D often works really well if you have the augmented odds. Oh, yeah. Cause... I mean, that's
0: just it. That's what ADHD lets you do. It lets you think about lots of different stuff, too, right? Like, I can yeah. be vibing on multiple different levels, too.
1: I mean that's that's the beauty of it like you know I always sort of ADHD uh, like ADHD gives me this ability to delve into these beautiful worlds and then when I was playing with my friends we'd use that to create worlds together at which stage dice didn't matter as much as whatever the story we were trying to tell and I got the vibe from my friends that they wanted to be heroic in this moment and I could tell how much it mattered to them so I could tweak things so it worked that way. That's that so was, sweet. That was fun. That was a delight. And I, I miss the days of doing that kind of stuff as much as I do. Well, well as much yeah, as I do
0: like it's a matter of also though, like you're able to keep track of dots of different things, uh, but sometimes also then super focus on something to like full power, yeah. full power focus. That's another thing to behold. That's yeah. like, that's how we get things done.
1: Well, I think and I mean, I think this is one of the difficulties that we have is it's a lot easier for us to focus when you have ADHD, especially the inattentive subtype it's way easier to focus on things that are interesting to you and it's way too easy to lose track of the things that aren't it's I, and I think you know having that sort of ADD rather than ADHD often means that it goes unnoticed. So sometimes you don't have the assistance of people around you to pull you back into what you need to be paying attention to.
0: And often it can turn into things that are deemed valuable going back to those systems. It's like you're you're uh, you you do so well in school. Oh, you're so well read. You're you're so quiet. Yeah. Although I wasn't always quiet. Like, I can be pretty loud. But sometimes I was just vi- vibing, so I was quiet. And like I always did my homework at school because it was easy. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't make me do homework. That's my time. you kidding me? I, I mean, this was the. I went to a school that actually had these
1: homework sessions so that we spent a few hours at school doing homework afterwards. It was really helpful, really nice. Huh. Honestly, I think it's a great system. For I don't think kids should be given homework in the first place. Um,
0: there should be time set aside at school for kids but, to do that know, stuff.
1: Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna have schoolwork, make them do it at school. Have some time set aside so that they can work on stuff. Totally. And like, I spend most of it like in the IT lab, like making silly programs, but or playing Counter Strike. Honestly. Well, like, how
0: <laughs> long how long it take you to do your homework? Did it take you very long to actually finish things? well so this
1: is the funny thing in my final year of school my math teacher absolutely hated me because i was getting a averages because i understood the work and i'd spent the time having a sort of adhd deep dive into how the math worked and once i got that i could do the tests no problem so i just didn't do my homework and he'd get very upset with me but i still managed to keep a straight a score despite the Marks counting for like 7.5 to 15% of my class mark. Wow. My final term mark. So like, you know, sometimes it has this ability to be really useful and other times it has this ability to be very difficult. Like I struggled with Afrikaans because I grew up in South Africa and like it was a language that I had a lot of difficulty like picking up the nuances for because I just sort of didn't
0: care about it that much. Um mm, you know. Yeah, that's why I struggled with French. I mean, like I, I liked French and I wasn't bad at it. But after a while, it was just like, why am I learning this? I don't know. Why do I have to know this? Yeah, I know it was our country, whatever Quebec was, been really done hard done by by colonialism or whatever. But like, come on, nobody speaks French in British Columbia. I mean, I'm in uh, Canada. Sorry, this
1: is the. This is the difficulty that I had was that I had no intention of staying in South Africa long term. So Afrikaans to me was something that was like, well, maybe if I go to the Netherlands, but otherwise it's pretty useless. Like, I'm never going to use it outside of that. Most of the people that I'd speak to in South Africa and Afrikaans were racist as hell. And I
0: wanted very little to do with them. So (laughs) going back to that, not being able to do BS jobs, you know, I, I don't believe in this. I'm not doing it. But, yeah, you know, sometimes, though, like I know my horse time, it's me, like, procrastinating. It's that old executive dysfunction, as they call it. Yeah. Executive (laughs) dysfunction. Uh, You can't do the thing even though you really need to do the thing. And you know you need to do the thing. And every moment you're agonizing over the fact you're not doing the thing, but you can't do it. Your brain just, like, won't let you start doing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, something that I've been grappling with lately in that regard is the fact that so often I, I have so much guilt and difficulty around um, my sense of value and what I'm doing in any given moment. It's hard for me to disengage the part of me that's like Well, I want to be doing these things, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to do a bad job and I'm struggling to focus and I'm struggling to concentrate. And I end up beating myself up about it. And that ends up being the thing that stops me from engaging with it. Mm. And like the more that I've been willing to just kind of let myself go and be like, well, okay, if I do a bad job, that's better than doing no job. Like, sure, the dishes might not be perfectly like clean but at least if i rinse them and go over them and clean them at least once they're not gonna be gross and making the place smell terrible and i can always
0: go back and clean them again ah but have you considered instead focusing for hours on something that's much more interesting and fun (laughs)
1: well and this is this is actually something else that i've discovered is that if i let myself do that because i've been stopping myself from really engaging with that a lot for years just letting my sort of ADHD self dive into things when I do that I find I'm way more productive after the fact because I've just sunk hours into something that has meaning to me and value and when I could stop beating myself up for not making that money like doing the the capitalist value thing for a few hours and I just enjoy being sort of mediocre or bad at something Suddenly, I have the energy to just get through the chores that I need to get through the things that I need to because it's like, well, yeah, Yeah. you know, brain chemistry.
0: People say eat the frog, do the unpleasant thing first. Yeah, sometimes that works. But sometimes you got to have a a little put a bit of honey on that frog. Do something nice for your brain first. Get those chemicals going first. Get that dopamine hit. Then you can spend time doing the other thing. And that's the true thing for people with ADHD. That's like what we have to do. We have to do something that we're actually interested in and care about. And then we have some dopamine built up from doing that that we can waste, in my opinion, on something we don't want to do. <laughs> I, don't, okay, I don't want to be too much of a hardliner about it. You got to spend things. Some things matter. Doing the dishes. Yeah. You know, calling grandma or whatever. You know, this, this things that is a bit of labor. It's, a bit, it's hard, but it's important in some level, right? Something you doing might have care about. Yeah. Like, okay, good. I mean, maybe, you know, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> mean, I mean, yeah. Okay. Yes. Officially do your taxes. That's good and cool. Uh, you know, it's I, important. I, but you know, like, man, you can't tell you what to do. No, I <laughs> I mean, you know, like, not to
1: even delve into how arbitrary the whole tax system in most places is. Um you know they could give you your bloody tax return without that, having you having to do a damn thing. It's but... True, you
0: get return, and also you'll go to jail if you don't. So that's that's yeah. not cool. I but... mean, that's
1: the thing. It's one of those things that, like, I don't think anybody likes doing their taxes, but gotta kind of do it. So... Sometimes you just gotta build yourself up to it. There so, you go. Yeah. yeah, you know, I I always uh, there's a there's a part of me that likes to treat it kind of like um, people training a, a dog, for instance, where you give them treats to encourage them to to good behavior and like what we found is both with with animals and with with kids most often positive reinforcement is the easiest way to train somebody and i think for a lot of adhd people we have this difficulty where we need to constantly be training ourselves because if we give up on on those aspects of like the treat aspect we may never form that habit properly it's like our brain doesn't always form those habits in those ways
0: oh yeah well i mean adhd itself is like i think you nothing's giving you the juice you need and it can be for many different reasons yeah uh but so nothing feels good to do except for very particular things and you do those things quite a bit I was obsessed with with martial arts in my teens and it's still like something that I can go back to. It's a habit. My brain is formed. It feels really intrinsically good in my body and just in myself to do martial arts. I get a big dopamine hit from that and it's like I can always go back to it and then do something else. If I need to build myself up to doing something I can do a bit of karate moves or whatever. I can work out a bit and then I'm, I'm amped up and ready to go. I feel like pretty good about whatever it is i have to do
1: yeah i i you know i i've had um a good few days recently where just spending some time painting a couple of little models was enough to motivate me to get me doing all of the dishes and tidying up the apartment and things like that just just spending a little time doing something that mattered to me as a sort of treat as a reward and as a motivator to to get back to once i'd gotten those things out of the way and it helped pull me out of that like constant inability to do things like that constant dragging that like okay i need to do this i want to do this but i can't seem to like pull myself out of it and if i'm constantly doing something like scrolling through social media it feels like i'm doing excuse me it feels like i'm doing something useful but i'm not actually doing anything useful. It feels like I'm engaging with all of this news information and picking up new sources of news and understanding people's perspectives and all that feels sort of important in a way that on closer inspection, most of it isn't.
0: Ah, the old plucking leg hairs. Yeah. The old doing the thing that seems like it's useful, but it's actually just you avoiding doing the thing you actually have to do. Yeah. Feels so satisfying plucking out that leg hair one by one, the tweezers. But you're never going to get them all. You're never going to actually like finish the job. And in the meantime, you got other stuff you got to be doing. And you got other things that would actually be a whole lot more fun and interesting, I think, than probably plucking hairs, but you get, mm, you get a little mm, plucking, no, no one else yeah. into plucking I mean, hairs? It's, it's, but it's, it feels, it feels like you're doing something, but it's like, why don't you shave your legs? Then yeah. Get it done. You know, and then you can go do whatever, wax, wax your legs. There you go. Yeah. No. You know, plucking, but like, you can do that and be like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm plucking my leg hairs instead of this other thing I'm doing. And we do that all the time. We we scroll social media. Absolutely. We argue with people pointlessly. We we endlessly shuffle things around when we're supposed to be organizing something.
1: I, yeah, I, I find myself, you know, my usual haunt is, is Reddit, and it's so easy to get lost in just the millions of articles that pop up, the millions of comments about whatever the hell is happening at the moment. And I find it a little slower than something like Twitter, but I know that a lot of people get stuck in the same kind of doom scrolling on twitter where you just it feels important it feels relevant it feels like you're picking up all of this new information but you just kind of not you would have gotten more information out of it if you'd gone to a few trusted news sources and gathered the important information and like you know that in itself is a little bit of work to do but it pays off i think if you can find your your places to collect it as a has an aggregate rather than a just sort of like i'm that, gonna sit here avoiding doing anything important for hours
0: that feels like going back to the old selling people convenience but it's actually not all that great yeah i think it's nice to have one place to go for all your news but is it really well
1: i mean this is where it gets complicated you know i think uh, that's a whole deep dive i think for another time yeah but. that's
0: probably i mean any one of these things we talk about ends up going off in some direction and that's the whole point of horse time is it's just like you go down a rabbit hole, you get into what you want to do. And yeah, sometimes maybe you're avoiding something. Sometimes you need to do it before you can do the thing. It's yeah. not avoiding, it's getting a running start.
1: Yeah. And I think sometimes giving yourself that that head start, giving yourself that little bit of juice to say like, okay, well, you know, I get to have the good time too. I get to have the good time before I get to the hard time because honestly, it feels like so often... The hard times are all the time. And if you don't take a little time for yourself to just give yourself that reward, it's just too much. It becomes too overwhelming.
0: Yeah, and it it gets to be the point also of like, what's the point? What are you doing things for? Why don't you do things you like doing in your life? You know, as far as any of us knows for sure, you only get to be alive once, right? So maybe maybe you should have some fun when you're alive and do stuff you want to do because usually they say you don't, you don't regret the stuff that you did. You regret the stuff you didn't do. I mean, this is this is part of the difficulty that I had when I
1: first came out. I was like twenty-seven years old, and I was, I was looking back at my life, and I had a, a wife. I had a kid. I had one of the highest-paying jobs from my my age group in where I was at the time, and like none of it made me happy. fact most of it may be pretty depressed my daughter i always refer to her as my little angel because she helped wake me up to the fact that like i was so depressed at everything life had no value because it was always just kind of bad like take the time to do the things that you want to do take the time to to like engage with the positives in life because otherwise you're just gonna get mired in the shit
0: Yo, 27 Club. <laughs> <laughs> okay, twenty seven too. made that name dead name. <laughs> yeah. Some of the greats die at 27. Some of the greats get born at 27. I
1: I like to think <laughs> that, yeah. And my life certainly feels like that's when it started.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was come right there with you. You can be at the top of the world, supposedly have everything you want. Yeah. I beat stage four cancer at 25. I was in killer shape. Bench like 370 pounds. I was like a black belt in karate, professional karate instructor, and then I like moved to Thailand with my girlfriend because we wanted to get out of the country and like had a cool job in Thailand doing Muay Thai and teaching karate at the school we also taught art at and like just right. killing it. And I still wasn't happy. Yeah, and you can be doing hitting all the marks. You can be doing all the things that they say are right. It doesn't matter if it's not what you want to be doing. If it's not really what you want to be doing, it's not going to make you happy. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just it. You know?
1: Wife, kid, car, good job. Ostensibly, anyway. And I was pretty sure when I started to figure my stuff out, I was pretty sure that I was on a fast road to suicide. Like, my life had so little meaning. And yeah, the fact that it dissolved as quickly as it did when I started to be honest with myself about what I wanted and who I was, told me everything I needed to know. Um, you yeah. know
0: that that is that overlap there. By the way, a uh, big uh, trans and LGBT generally population in yeah. the ADHD uh, zone, and it's it's almost like uh, if you spend your life in a situation where nothing feels right. Um, You're not going to get any dopamine from it and you're you're not going to not ever like be getting enough of it and constantly be seeking it somewhere else and might even develop a disorder where your brain doesn't get dopamine from doing things because nothing you ever did made you feel anything because you weren't living an actual life you wanted to live.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, (laughs) the prevalence of neurodivergence in queer communities is incredibly high because I think amongst other things, we're also all forced to recognize that we don't fit into the systems and rules that the world sets aside for us. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the world says, this is how you're supposed to live. And we don't fit that. So it is a lot easier for us to start like piecing together, whether it be because we came to it from a queer side first, or we came from a neurodivergent side first. Often we find there's a lot of connections because we're willing to look there we're willing to say well okay this doesn't fit me this doesn't work for me i don't fit in those weird box you're trying to shove me in and like i think you know you need to have that you need to like spend the time to, to introspect and think about what these things mean to you to really like realize okay i need out of this this isn't working
0: and that's one reason why again structures don't want people to have the time to have to themselves to think and explore and and create because they might figure out that they're not happy with how things are and they might do something about it
1: yeah you know you know like if you're unhappy unhappiness is one of the fastest signs that people are going to disengage with the system and i mean like the system stopped caring about us a long time ago yeah
0: and that's just it you've got to take things into your own hands at a certain point and like you know i think i'm going to say here don't get rid of community there's a difference between the system and community absolutely you can't do it on your own we're talking very this is very individualistic we frame framed this so far i think of it's like yeah what i'm interested in doing what i you know want to do at any given moment exploring my own self yes these things are very important but you can reach depths there, and then not go any further. That you you can't traverse it without someone else. You're going to need help, and it's not going to mean anything if you can't share it with anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think even this podcast is a is a demonstration of exactly what we're trying to create in that sense of like we're trying to work together to to create meaning for both of us in ways that match our our perspectives.
0: Yeah, I um mm. I've been doing things on my own for many years, and you, you gotta eventually. It's not just like for the sake of making progress or or accomplishing something greater than you've done before. It's about it truly meaning something. You realize after a while it doesn't mean anything if there's nobody there with you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having an audience is great and and showing it to your friends is great too. But like really sharing in the production of something is something completely different. And I'm excited to do more of that because I know that's the new thing for me to explore. You can only do so much on your own. You have to look at what you can do with other people. Absolutely.
1: I, I, I feel the same. I feel like, you know, we're we're a social species. We are at our best when we are working together on things. And I, you know, I've come from a very different background where art was more of something I aspired to than something I had much um, of a hand in. And, you know, here I've met somebody who has all these skills and knowledge and, and tools that they've built up. Like, I'm... I'm really on board with, like, mixing our ideas and building things that are bigger and better.
0: Collaborative horse time. That sounds downright dangerous.
1: It does. I think sometimes it can be, but
0: also it can be wonderful. Like, so it's an incredibly rare and lucky thing to get to do horse time at all, to get to have time to yourself to make the things that, uh, you know, create to the things that matter to you yeah. and like getting to be an artist like that. I already feel profoundly lucky that I get to do that. And then to be in a position where you can be making things with another person in the similar way where you are directing your own destinies together. Yeah. Like that's something that's I'm going to say is very rare and precious, but I would like it to be less rare and precious because it doesn't have to be. Yeah. It is because of circumstances and because many people, it's hard It's really hard to coordinate with people. It's hard to make time. It's hard to have enough energy for anything, regardless of who you are. And I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, you should be doing that. And you should feel bad for not. But like, you will benefit from it, If I think. I I, I don't mean to be too much of an evangelist about it. But like, for real, I think people should have more free time to explore what they want to explore. And ideally, do that with other people, because they're going to get a lot out of it.
1: I, I'm i with you. I think it's important to be event, almost evangelical about it because, you know, I don't think that's a message we've heard a lot. I don't think that's something that a lot of people consider. It's like, you know what? Art can be, like, meaning is something that we create as a collective, as a group. You can't create meaning on your own in some senses because... You have to base it on the meaning that's came
0: before, the meaning that we all define. And, you know, I feel like a lot of what we've talked about so far has sounded a whole lot like hustle culture in this. Like (laughs) we've been we've denigrated, you know, hitting on the old, you know, bashing down the gig economy and stuff, but still kind of talking about like, you know, A lot of the same sort of things I've heard hustle culture type people talk about, like, you know, like always be working in angles and be trying to do things, not just be sedentary. But like, it's not about grinding for money. I mean, like, again, you got to make money at at a certain point, but like, it's about doing what you love and trusting that what you love matters. Absolutely. I think, you know, There is something to to be said for
1: being sedentary sometimes. There is something to be said for doing absolutely nothing. I
0: take rest days all the time. you got to have it. You'll you'll break down if you don't.
1: Yeah, I think like, you know, I'm I'm not going to advocate for like necessarily putting your job at risk by doing things during work time, but sometimes there's moments where you're going to have nothing else to do and you have the energy, you just can't see if you could take some time draw a little scribble write a little poem do anything but don't don't base it on this like oh i've got to do stuff just if it's something that means means something to you like take your time don't i don't know <laughs> don't push yourself into like hitting that hustle culture because it's toxic just...
0: oh yeah uh it's uh it ain't good man i've been there done that uh you can grind all you want i mean at a certain point you gotta grind it's like going to the club you gotta grind a little bit but you don't it's not going to give you everything you want and it's not a guarantee grinding doesn't guarantee now persistence is good especially if you're pursuing something you really truly care about you're never going to stop caring about it chances are if it's something that's really important to you you're not going to be happy again you regret the things you don't do So if you really care about something, you want to do it, keep at it, keep doing it. But don't do it with this expectation that it's going to make you money right away. Or if ever, maybe just do it because you love doing it. And whatever comes from that, that makes sense for you, who you are as a person, who knows what you can get to. So, Jana, do we have any other thoughts on on horse time? Anything you want to add before we sign out?
1: Uh, I think for the moment, uh, kind of covered the main basis uh, i think like just yeah stick with the message of do what works for you like really take your time do things as you want
0: yeah i mean it's it's don't let anyone tell you what to do yeah be including your own. us yeah i mean like don't listen to me listen to you <laughs> okay bucko <laughs> but you know it for real like it's only you know what you need you know you better than anyone else knows you and you gotta you gotta do your own thing your own way, um, and if that requires someone else to tell you what to do because you're into that, hey, I ain't I ain't kink shaming. That's fine. You can you Absolutely. can like out being told what to do. That's that's fine. But like, just do what you like, man. That's that's a that's a lot of time spent to tell tell people to do what they like. But hey, not apparently people need to hear it. Well, huh?
1: I'd like to think so. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, um, I certainly needed to. I'm I'm excited for this new thing. Me too. I you know like not every episode's gonna be about this. Not no. every episode. This isn't like an ADHD podcast. Like it is in the sense that it, it we're doing whatever we want and you have to deal with it. But it's not I don't know. Like I don't we're gonna talk about lots of stuff. We're gonna talk about whatever we want to talk about.
1: Yeah, I mean we, we definitely uh, we touched on some stuff like AI art and even like the gig economy and stuff like that. I think we have thoughts on all of these, but also just like some of our, whatever took
0: our interest that was really positive. We're we wanna... always doing stuff. Yeah. That's all, all we do is make things, read things, do things. Every single time Jenna and I sit down, we have an awesome conversation that's like, it just goes on for hours and traverses depths that I never expected to traverse in a conversation with another person as an adult and now you get to hear it
1: yeah i mean th- that's that's the best thing for me it's like i love diving into things and seeing all the connections how it all pieces together and fits into the world and and just like understanding new things it's it's really interesting and i love having these kinds of conversations and i i hope that uh, everyone on can get something else out of this can get get the same kind of or um, even an a modicum of the the pleasure that we get out of having these conversations that you get to to hear from us.
0: My thoughts exactly. Well, until next time. I'm Bria. I'm Jenna. And uh, smell you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.